When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're live. 62 comments. 62 comments before we've even gone live. That is absolutely immense. Uh, some I'm of them s- are. I love some of these comments already. They said, I was defending in the first half. It was like, flies through air like a falling sloth. <laughs> and then the other one was, which I loved, was United on Saturday is going to be thermonuclear. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and Welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am live from my office. HR had to come into my office about 10 minutes to go to check. I wasn't choking on something because I was trying to cheer, <laughs> trying to cheer loudly um, in the office. And uh, I am I'm blown away. Guys, I think, I think, Johnny, you just said in the green room, this is going to be the best Arsenal Opinion Podcast ever. Um, guys, before we get into the hottest of takes, top line, how are you feeling? Did a smile say it all? I mean, if if we cannot be happy after seeing something like that, then I don't really know why you're watching football. I don't I don't know why you would watch football if you are not jumping on that and literally someone put in the comment, inject it. You know, this is all intravenous, straight in there. We need it like smack. That was beautiful. That was football at its best. The villain perfectly played the monsters that are Chelsea, the scumbag fans, and justice, justice shone through today with the Red Knights of Arsenal Football Club, club led by the most unlikely but gallant hero, Sir Eddie Nketia. That's how I'm feeling. Oh, Johnny! I listen. You think that you you think that your strategy of trying to cut, like trying to take the air out of this Eddie and Ketia slander early, is going to save you? It is not, my friend. We are coming to you in a little bit, Matt Candela. Uh, you, your smile is brighter than those sparkly earphones today. How are you feeling right now? We spoke during the game. Oh, I am absolutely buzzing. Uh, obviously, the Arsenal team uh, listened to the pod from last week. Uh, they believed again. They went again. 
we are not giving up. We're taking fourth. We have got six cup finals in front of us. This was probably the hardest game of the lot against the European champions, certainly the best team we're going to play between now and the end of the season. And to go and do that after three miserable defeats, to show the character, to dust ourselves off and stand up again and then deliver is, um, I am so happy and I cannot wait to just get into it. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, I am over the moon. That was probably the hardest 90 minutes I've done in a long time. I stood up. Um, I, I had to go. I have to go take a walk at half time because I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Um, but we saw it out. Super exciting. Love to see Aspi Laqueta fighting with the fans after the game. Love to see Thomas Tuchel breaking the record for the most home home losses in 28 years. Nice to see that it's not just Arteta that can break the bad records. Um, let's just dive right in uh, and go to the hottest of takes. Johnny Cochran, we're going to go to you for the hottest of takes. Do not try and take the edge off any of the Eddie stuff. I mean, I can't promise you that, to be fair. Uh, right, look, so, you know, a lot of the times when we do podcasts like this, we are essentially held to account for our, for the moments when we're bold. We make big statements, okay? And sometimes they come back to bite us in the arse, and other times they are used to fluff our feathers. And I'm going to concede early that this is a moment where, Pete, if ever there was a moment when you get to say, put some respect on my fucking name, this is it, okay? Because you came out here, he's standing up for anyone who's not watching, he's standing up punching the air like he just scored a goal, but it doesn't matter. You have been chatting that Eddie, Eddie hype for a while now, and... For a while, I have been pushing the narrative that Eddie Inketter is little more than a comedic character, like a little kid who won a competition to be there. He just comes on and runs around with zero you know, punchability, absolutely nothing up top. There's no potency there. And today, I think he's, I don't know, may, maybe, I don't even want to say it, but maybe I've inspired him. Maybe he listens to the Arsenal opinion <laughs> and he said, you know what, I want to shut that dude up. And if he is listening, Eddie, shout out to you, mate, because you shut me up. Because I tell you what, there are issues in your game, even in a game like this. There are issues, we can see it. <laughs> However, what you what has always been your selling point is give me chances and I will poke a moment. And there'll be nasty goals. The goals that oh. the likes of... Tiago Silva and, and Aspilicueta, they'll, they'll be having nightmares about. They'll be laying, oh no, Eddie's in there again. He's getting all the goodies. Oh no, I've woken up in a cold sweat. You know, that's what we like, okay? Because I tell you, Tiago, you've played at different levels, son. You've been in Serie A, you've been to League One, but you ain't played a guy like Eddie. Not in this form, because he is hungry, he's ready to feast. He's the boogeyman, and he's the reason you're not sleeping tonight. And I tell you what, I said, someone said to me in my Arsenal group, at half-time, would you take a draw? You know, and all of the logic was pointing to the fact that, yeah, you know, we have to take a draw. And I said, you know what? I think we've got to win it. Much like the fact that I am pushing for the fact that I think we need to get top four because this is our chance. That was the moment. It's like, you know what? We could take a draw. It wouldn't be a bad result. But I think Arteta needed another, at this point, statement win to put the belief back into the fans, the support, the club, the team. And... Give us that motivation to push on in our next games with that hunger and that vigour. And more importantly, the key word is belief. Belief that we can get over the line in this very, very tight race. And I tell you what, 
that game, if that doesn't inject life and belief into everyone's, you know, spirits right now, then I honestly don't know what will. That was superb. What a time to be a gooner. Matt, um, I, I can't go next because I'm welling up. I'm welling <laughs> up over that, that, that opener from Johnny. Matt, what can you add to that? Uh, what flavour can you give to how you felt pre-game? Um, yeah. And like, what, how does it feel right now? Well, I think the hottest take is uh, you've got to remember where we were after the Southampton game. We'd lost three on the bounce. We were on our knees. Top four was done. That was the, the feeling because there was no way we were going to go with the depleted squad, with morale where it was. There was no way we were going to go to the home of the European champions, to Chelsea, away, uh, and 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 get a result. That The result was to be had in the previous three games, which were all winnable. And this was one we were prepared. To, we almost thought we might have to take the L on, you know. And, and we were on our knees. And what Mikel Arteta did is... He, he literally had, he just had to gamble everything. And I think when we all saw that team news come out, we were like, this is last chance saloon. This is it. This is the final throw of the dice. And it's three at the back. It's Rob Holding. Nuno's playing. We've got Saka <laughs> as a right wing back. We've got Moel Nenny playing for the first time in months. We've got Eddie starting up front. And on paper... Everyone saw that team and thought two things. What the fuck is that team? And at least we're trying something different. But it was the final, final, final throw of the dice. And he put everything on black. And he put everything on, on, on a single number black. And today it all came true. It all happened for him. He won the gamble. We have got life in the system again. We've got the system for the next six games. That's the team for the next six games. That's it. <laughs> we just got to grind it out and win every single game. And we believe. We believe. And we we did it. We did it. It was it was, it was last chance saloon and, and we gambled. And I love the fact that we gambled. And I love the fact that it paid off. And I love the fact that the team stepped up massively tonight. Love that. Yeah. I I I want to like kind of step back from just the moment of the win because I think some of the the there's been a massive overreaction to uh, the last three games. Colin Lewin said on our podcast, never never believe in the highs and never believe too much in the low lows. And um, the last three games, apart from the first half against Crystal Palace, like we really were unlucky. You know, a lot of a lot of half chances, and like the the, the core issue is that we've been missing four of our first team players. And everyone's like, well, you've got to do better with what you've got. Listen, like there is no team in the Premier League that just adapts to that, especially not a young one. Um, but the key point of where it, where they are correct is if you're a manager, you've got to find a way and you've got to work with what you've got. You've got to be honest about how you're going to approach a game. And my concern was that, you know, Arteta early in the season when we played Chelsea, just played a normal formation. Like, you know, we weren't coming out the back end of COVID. Like we, you know, like like we had a first start at 11 and we got, you know, battered and, and, and the game was finished early. Today, Arteta looked at the ingredients that he had, looked at what he knew. 
you know, he knew Lacazette couldn't run. He knew Lacazette wasn't going to cause any problems today. So he, he took a chance on Eddie Nketiah. Um, Mo Elneny was a big concern. But, like, listen, Mo Elneny has been part of some very famous shithouse performances. And Arsenal, Arsenal didn't even shithouse Chelsea today. We didn't even shithouse Chelsea. We just played a really good game of counter-attack in football. And it was a tactical masterclass. Arteta outsmarted Thomas Tuchel. We scored four goals at Stamford Bridge. And all of that, that, that lack of luck that we've had in the last few games worked in our favour. And it, we even managed to work a game against Chelsea with a shocking referee. Shouldn't even be reffing. Absolutely disgraceful. That penalty decision was so clear he had to give it. He didn't want to give that. He's probably going to go home and cry about it. But now, we, now we've got a bit of momentum. Now Spurs are gonna they're gonna ask questions of themselves. They've got Brentford next, they've got Leicester after. But all of a sudden, Spurs run doesn't look quite as easy as it did before. And now our game against Man United, which Johnny has got tickets to go and see, that that feels exciting. That feels like maybe things aren't gonna go against us. And the thing that I'm most happy about is what you just said there, Matt. There's a blueprint now. There's a blueprint for the rest of the season. There's a blueprint to deal without Thomas Partey, and there's confidence in the system. Nuno Tavares didn't have the, the, the worst game. Eddie Nketiah scored two goals. How's he going to do against Man United? And now the system knows how to play with a striker that scores goals. So everything good happened today. And I'm super excited. I want to move on to the next topic. Um, Johnny? <laughs> League, <laughs> League One Eddie. People, a lot of people that work in sport messaged me and said, your, your man Johnny... What is he like? What is that boy like? League One Eddie, he's not a League One player. But you know what? That carries through. And there was a lot of a lot of slander around Eddie. Young players need minutes in their legs and they need experience. And Eddie went on that podcast. He said, you know, he's had a lot of ups and downs this season. He oh. loves Arsenal. All he wants to do is get some minutes and prove himself. The kid loves Arsenal. My takeaway is, um, and we'll talk about this later, what, the, what was Arteta looking at in training? How, how did it, how did it how did it come to this that Eddie, Eddie Nketiah was the guy that could have got six or seven goals and he proved it tonight. He had an absolute banging performance, Johnny. I'm going to go straight to you. Um, what does this mean? Is is this just a fluke, or did you see something tonight where you're like, shit? Maybe there is something there. Maybe we don't have to uh, let him go on a free. What's 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 your what's your hottest take when it comes to to, to my main man, Big Eddie? Who, apparently, yeah. you motivated. Well, well motivated him. what do we always <laughs> say? History is told by the victors. And today, Pete is, you know, he's he's positively glowing right now, basking. I'm so smug. I hate myself right now. I wish yeah, you could see my yeah. face. Yeah, oh. yeah. You don't look like you hate yourself. You look like you're loving yourself right now. But anyway, oh, so smug. I mean, look, at the end of the day, History may be written by the victors, but there will be some dissenting voices along the way. And I just, I don't <laughs> want to be coming out here on his, quite frankly, it's, it must be Eddie Nketiah's birthday. It's his special day. He's going to get a badge in the dressing room and a, and a cake brought out for him because everyone's backing him. But look, you say, oh, what was Arteta seeing in training? Probably the same thing that the rest of us were seeing most of the other time. Like, it's not to say that Nketiah didn't look great and an antidote to the lack of punch that we've had um, up front over recent weeks. I definitely think that's the case. But let's not pretend that Nketiah didn't earn, his, you know, the mistrust 
that we found in him. He, he's had goes before and he's not delivered on several occasions. However, I'm happy to hold my hands up and say, look, today he delivered when we needed to. And it really speaks. And Ketia was the embodiment of how Arteta approached today. And for me, we discussed it earlier, um, Pete, in terms of the lineup that he went with. And I said that right now, considering where we are, Arteta should look at the team and, and simply say, I choose chaos. Because if I keep just <laughs> Yeah, I love out, that. You know, if I keep putting out the same team, we ain't going to get it. We, everyone knew we weren't going to get it. So do something crazy. And at the end of the day, go down in flames if you're gonna. But if things go right, it's the only way that you're going to get that spark in a bottle. That that chaos that we need is, is the unknown. Players don't even know they're going to lose. So they're just like, oh, should we just give it a go? Whereas we got into a rhythm of being beaten. I, I do reject slightly your, to come back on your original point. The characterisation that like we were a little bit knee-jerk in our... We'd lost three in the bounce at the key point in, in the season. That ain't, that ain't no joke. Like It's not like people were getting tetchy after one poor loss. Three on the bounce, you know, against teams we should beat. Everyone had a right to be concerned. But everyone now has a right to get fully behind what they've seen. We're going for it. We're not just rolling over. And I think the simple fact is no one needs me to tell that, tell you tell them that Eddie and Ketty not only will be starting against Man United, likely to the end of the season. Because I championed Lacazette getting his go in the first place. But I've also been you know, an outspoken outspoken critic in recent weeks. He's just not been delivering at all. And even though I didn't believe in Nketiah and I, ho- I held my hands up, I thought that we had to give him a chance because he was better than what we were seeing. Lacazette was just too easy to play against. And the one thing that Nketiah showed me is that he is not going to be easy to play against. He's, he's, he's a bit... He's like annoying. He just buzzes around. Like there are times Thiago Silva's like, I've played at a different level, League One, Eddie. You know, you've got your day out, and then all of a sudden, nip, 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 whack. And it's like, yes, Thiago, we are dealing with you today. We're going to annoy you. We're going to be pesky, and you're not going to be able to live with it. And I love to see it. And I think if we are going to get over the line, the spirit of Eddie and Kitty, the drive, the hunger, because he is. Even if he doesn't have a future at Arsenal, I'm not getting into that right now, but even if he doesn't, he's still playing for his future. What level are you really? And games like this are going to show that, no, he's prem, he's prem ready. Someone would be, you know, giving him a go if it isn't Arsenal. And he's got all of that time now to really make a stake for his career. Do you know what I mean? Joe Willock went on a run with Newcastle last year, scoring virtually every week, you know. Similar school for the Arsenal Academy. Isn't Ketia going to make that kind of statement about his career in the Prem? I hope so, but right now you're not going to get you're not going to get me bashing Eddie. I, I, I just give the guy full full plaudits. I'm not even knocking the other stuff. To be fair, ten out of ten, what we needed. It was gutsy, and I loved it. Matt, um, our the Arsenal fans have a tendency to think that the only way that you can ever make it as a young player at Arsenal is if you bang from the off. Um, can Eddie act as a counterpoint? to that with a performance like tonight can it be the start of something special or is it just Eddie going to shot window himself and he's going to take a move to Leeds or Brighton at the end of the season what are your thoughts and have you seen historical parallels for what Eddie just did look I think um, there's a few a few things I want to touch on the first one is the thing you need as a young player coming in the team is luck you need to be in the right time in the right place and 
for strikers especially, it's about getting early goals. And let's not forget, Eddie came on and scored after 30-odd seconds of his debut for Arsenal and then didn't get a look-in for another year-odd uh, in the League Cup. I think he scored a couple uh, late on. And the big thing for me is, uh, look, I'm not the, I haven't been the biggest Eddie fan um, at no, all. No, you have not. And no, you and have not. I haven't. And I'm not gonna. And I'm not gonna claim to be. But I, I actually really enjoyed listening to his podcast this week. Um, the beautiful having, game podcast. Very good podcast. Be- great podcast. Great story. And you really got a real feel for him. I think it was masterful by his management team to put that out. But he was talking about going and getting the potentially he was about to sign for Augsburg in the Bundesliga who are like 10th Augsburg and the way he talked about being given the opportunity to wear the number nine shirt for Augsburg it was like he was talking about wearing number nine for Barcelona all the guy wanted to do is to be given a chance that was the thing that came through that was all he wanted he was desperate to play for mid-table Bundesliga team for a season and was devastated when Emery pulled him back and said we need you, we're short. And then he didn't get to play. I think he played three three games coming off the bench for the whole of the rest of the season. And I think we don't often get that other side of players and, and fans. And I think he said it himself. He's like, what, what, I can't do much in nine minutes. And when I've had more time, I think I've shown a bit more of what I can do. And when he's saying more time, he's not saying 90, he's saying 25. 25 minutes is, he's like, just give me 25. Just give me anything. The guy has been feeding off of scraps. And what history tells us about your players and young players is you will get your moment. It's like any game. There will come a chance. And I think just every, all the moons are just shaping up. And Eddie has got a unique opportunity to save his Arsenal career. I don't know whether he's going to do it. I think if you were a betting man, you'd probably say he probably won't do it because it's a big ask what we're asking him to do. We're asking him to score five, six goals against Spurs, United, basically step in and be a first-team striker. Do I think he's going to do it? Probably not. But that's the beauty of football. We could. I didn't think we were going to get anything today. And the great thing about his performance today, one is he looks so happy to be out there. He didn't look to me like a player who was choking under pressure. You know, that first chance was a hard chance. No way Lacazette scoring that, by the way. Absolutely no chance. Wouldn't have the power. And, you know, he uh, he sort of got this, had this sort of, he grew with confidence. And, you know, I think, Johnny, you're right. He's like, he's like a rash. You know, he's always just like, you're leaving, you're scratching. And he just kept going and kept going and kept going. And my God, he deserved it. But he could have had other, he had other chances. He had he, he he brought people into the game. He could easily have had a penalty given um, a couple of times because he was he's hard to play against. So it's expressionless as well, which makes but, him more he, annoying. And I think that's I think that's one of the one of the things that has been uh, criti- one of the criticisms that have gone his way, which is I want to see more passion from Eddie. I want to see more passion. Eddie's Eddie. You know, he can't have a personality transplant. He can't be someone else. But I think that you saw you saw something tonight that showed what he can do. No idea whether he's going to be able to do it. No idea whether he's going to stay at Arsenal. All of that sort of stuff. All, he, all the guy wants to do is play football. That is, that is clear. He is that. And I think it, you know, we have to remember that these people are massive Arsenal fans. They've grown up with Arsenal. That should count for something. That should mean something. So 
Brilliant night for him. Now, what do we need? We need him to score a brace against United on the weekend. Because if he gets a brace against yeah. United, then, well, I mean, that's that's a, a very, very different scenario to where he found himself when he was doing that podcast to have scored two, three, four goals against the best teams on the planet. So um, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for him. And, and can I just say, Pete, before you come in as well, it somewhat might frame it. But like, if, if we're talking about Eddie and his potential involvement with Arsenal moving past this season. Well, you know, if, if we're trying to think about the star striker that we so desperately need, no, I don't think Eddie is going to get to that level, you know, in the next six games. I don't. But this this second striker that I've long talked about, the backup striker, he could put a run together that would see us all a lot more comfortable at as with Eddie as the backup striker. You know, every couple of games he's getting a goal. And so that... He's up for grabs, I guess. And I just want to say that before he jumped in. And let's but, just say, like, the guy has had Balogun, essentially the club, put, putting more bets on Balogun at some point. We've seen Balogun play. Balogun is way behind Eddie in terms of development. So imagine how that must make you feel. Because you know when you're a player, yeah, he might have a better physical profile. He might have a bigger ceiling. He might be a better future for Arsenal. That all might be true. But right now, he's behind Eddie, but... He's been given more opportunities than Eddie. And that, you know, it's not a meritocracy when that's happening. That's all you can say. Yeah. And I, I, I think that I think that that point that you raised there, Johnny, is true. And I think that the disappointment that I have about this season and, and how it's ended up is that the answers have been sitting on the bench for a lot of the season. And Arteta is so focused on having his best 11 out every single game and and not taking any risks with anyone that he's ended up putting himself in a really difficult position for top four. Like, let's not kid ourselves. We still got to beat United. We still got to beat West Ham. We still got to beat Spurs to get into the top four. But if we got seven points from the last three games, it might be a, you know, a different scenario. We might not have needed as much luck um, against Brighton if we just played Eddie and Eddie should have, if when Arteta knew that Eddie was going to be our second striker in December, he should have given Enketia a run of four or five games. And then we wouldn't have had to go through the whole Lacazette. Not Lacazette got so bad in the run. He wasn't even taking shots. Like watching, watching Eddie Enketia have shots today felt novel. It felt exciting. It felt, it felt like wild. Um, but Arteta screwed that up. <laughs> Arteta didn't, you know, he did the same with Cedric. Um, you know, if he'd given Cedric a run of four or five games, Tommy Yasu probably wouldn't only be coming back for the first time this year um, against Man United at the weekend. Uh, you know, Moel Nenny, you know, put in a great performance, just sitting in a, in a deep block, just doing the basics today. Rob Holding had another, you know, really solid game. You know, he, he was the most stable of our defenders out there today, which is... Um, which is a crazy story, but I think that you know Arteta is going to have to look back on this season and say, if anything cost us this season, what was it? It was that he didn't lean into his squad. Next season, he's got to change that if he wants to develop as a top manager because Pep does it, Klopp does it, Conte does it, um, and I, I think that that's that's just the, the the slight irritation. If you can do it against the European champions, you could probably do it against Brighton or Southampton. You know? Yeah, I mean, um, to, to be honest, to be honest, overall. You know, you talk about 
the, the simple facts of the matter are we've got to get over the line. I'm going to keep saying it. We need to get over the line this season because when you look at these players, and it was great to see Saka bounce back, and we're going to get onto all of this, I know, and step up and take a big penalty. ESR, great performance. It will be so important for the development of these players, this squad that we want to grow, if they have achieved success. And I mean, by success, I mean achieving go- like good goals. Even I mean, you call them stretch goals. I don't call them stretch goals. They're the goals. Um, and for them to achieve them early on, it will be a serious feather in the cap and on a, in a, in the, uh, for a lot of these youngsters. And I think that, you know, then we can start to think, wow, maybe we have got a special group who can make big strides in a quick amount of time. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, we will we will come on to it. We have a special group there. Like, we're, we, we've just beat Chelsea away from home with four first-team players missing. That's a, that's, that's, that's a special group. Um, we've got the youngest team in the Premier League. They're only going to get better. We're doing this without a striker. We're doing this without first-team cover, really, for Thomas Partey. Um, and we can address all of those things in the summer. You know, we will find 10 points just by having a proper striker in the system next season. But now we've opened up the door to turn in, like the the goal now should be turning that Tottenham game into a cup final. Because I'd fancy us, but like you know, top four is a stretch goal um, because of where we've come this season, the lack of experience we have. And, you know, like that does feed into the next point I wanted to talk about because the attack was great today. The attack was fantastic. But man, the, the defence was all over the place. Uh, ben White had one of his worst games in an Arsenal shirt. I've never seen him give the ball away so much. Um, they couldn't string a pass together. Aaron Ramsdale looks flappy. Mm. He looks like he looks like the bad days of Fabianski um, at the moment. And it, he, he's lost his confidence with some of the kicking. Playing out the back was really difficult. A lot of that comes down to um, inexperience. But also there, there, there is a lack of form with some players. Another Ben White disaster class. Um, I mm. wanted to get your take on... Like, how much do we put it down to experience? How much of it is just down to form? Because this has been going on for quite a bit. What do you think? Yeah, well, from my perspective, I know some of you guys talked about him earlier, like he's had a blinder, but I thought Rob Holding was really shaky in the first half. Like, it looks like he hadn't played for a while. Um, they, Alan Smith was saying it <laughs> in commentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, what I mean is, like, he yeah. didn't perform above and beyond, um, you know, his situation. He looked... He looked rusty um, and he played rusty. Um, and I think he grew into the game, which was great. And I do I do like what he adds um, in terms of when we do go to that back three, there's a solidity there that started to show towards the end. I think particularly when our centre-halves are having inconsistent games, having that extra man as cover makes us look a lot more solid. But obviously... I mean, let's be realistic. Our first goal was very fortunate, but their one was incredibly fortunate. It, it was like, you know, I, th- I think maybe even a double ricochet, but certainly um, I'd like to see my goalkeeper doing a bit better with that. I thought that, um, you know, I didn't know if it would necessarily come up in this category, but look, it's about time that we are honest with, uh, with the recent form of Aaron Ramsdale. I think he's been poor for a while, to be honest. Um, and this this is actually, and I, I'm a big convert of his, but this is the kind of form that I w- was scared about getting when we first signed him because I've seen him um, when he's been at Sheffield United and that look panicked when balls are coming in. And I, you could like 
defenders of him would say that that's because they're under so much pressure and he's having to deal with a lot. And I, I'm happy to take that as an argument, argument and a point. But, you know, I need to see him snapping out of this form. We need to make sure that the... It's been about for a while. I think yeah. it's been two months he's been... Shaking, like, man. He doesn't... You know the worst thing about that's crept into his game? It's the, the slapping of balls that come into the box. Like, he pushes them into the area and he doesn't yeah. want to catch a cross at the moment. When he first yeah. started, he caught everything. And it's just Commanding. disappeared. I exactly. Mean, the, the, thing, the, the goalkeeping is, coach you, you, at Arsenal is not the best. Well, People we don't really that, like yeah. him. And it's, the, it's the, like funny. Like now, now his ideas are creeping into Aaron Ramsdale's game. We've got another goalkeeper losing massive form. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other the thing I would kind of almost differ from you on is I actually think that even though it seems like he was maybe a bit shaky with his feet. Overall, I think he's actually been good with his feet. And I do think his distribution sets him apart from other bad keepers we've had. And not, not to say that Ramsdale's a bad keeper, but like you talked about Fabianski, when not only would they be flappy with the ball, the ball would come into them and they'd just be panicky. And I still think that even when Ramsdale's not at his best, he still maintains an ability to receive the ball in tight areas and, and get rid Quite frankly, he's not create. If you even looked at Mendy on the other side, much less confident with his feet today, and that caused issues for them. So, I I, I do like the potential of Ramsdale, but he does need to buck this trend of bad form because after a while, you start saying, "Hold up, what have we seen more of since you've been an Arsenal player?" Because, like you say, a, a good stretch now of being a little bit below par, as far as I'm concerned, and this. Defence really looks like it's crying out for a sleeper, but there you go. Um, we'll get to that another time, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, definitely an area to improve on. Bill, um, Johnny, Bill Saliba is going to be back in the team. He's get, he's not going anywhere this summer. Mark my, my like the 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 news is he's going to stay. So Arsenal are keeping him. He's keeping him at the club. He's going to be competing. And based on Ben White's form, Ben White's on the bench. Fifty six million pounds sub. We've gone all Chelsea. <laughs> um, Matt, when you look at the, the, the defensive frailties today, how much of it can we apportion to inexperience and how much of it can we apportion to worrying form? Well, I think uh, it would be fair to be having this conversation at half time because the first half we were all over the place defensively. Um, but I don't think I thought we were great defensively second half. I really did. I thought we got into a low block and now that the dust has settled, they didn't trouble us. I mean, Ramsdale didn't have a save to make for the last 30 minutes. He had a couple of crosses yeah, he let to all, come out He let for. all the shots on target in, in today. <laughs> uh, but let, let's just talk about defensive structure, right? So, um, so you know, I think, the, I think the second half, we were great. I think the first half, we looked like we didn't understand the system. Like the whole setup of the team... People, like the, especially the first 10-15 minutes we just didn't know where anyone was supposed to be and I feel like as the game went on we figured it out and the fact that we figured it out I think is, is going to bode well because hopefully we're going to play this system for the, for, the, for the rest of the season so I don't think we were we were frail defensively I thought you know Tavares was up against Reese James Reese James is is a, is a brilliant oh, player I love yeah, watching him play every time he's, he's, every time Reese James gets on the ball you're like ugh oh. I don't, I don't, I, I'll take that back. I don't love watching him play against us, but he's Not a fantastic us. player. And I thought that Tavares did really well. I thought we defended as a team because individually, you know, we, we could be a bit iffy, 
but I think like the way that Xhaka and El Nenny and the structure, like the way we went into that deep block was reminiscent of like Wolves away and Liverpool away, and it was re- going to always be really really difficult for them to get past that. And for the for again, I had the confidence with the benefit of hindsight that that we were gonna gonna get away and do that. So not too much to worry about, in my opinion, on that. Now that we've figured out the system, Ramsdale, yeah, I mean. I think he should have done better with that first goal. But whenever there's a big deflection, it's I sort of think it's like hands off a little bit. He was he was had a man in front of him. It took a big ricochet. I mean, it's a hard one to to to, to get too harsh on it. It did look like he could do better. Second one was Tavares not tracking. You know uh, that was just dumb, um, and he had no chance with that. So, and I think that what I think. Ramsdale's got a little bit of he's a bit, little bit like Obama Yang in where you, what you want him to be doing is looking relaxed and jokey versus serious and uptight. And I saw a little bit of that today, just coming back, like a little bit of him looking a bit more relaxed. Like I think there's a couple of like moments with Mason Mount where he, he came out and won the ball and he was having a bit of banter. And I thought, yeah, that's what I want to see Ramsdale joking around. I want to see him taking the piss. I want to see him taking risks because confident Ramsdale is where we want to be. And, you know, you've got to remember, we're off the back of three losing games. Confidence is on the floor for everyone. So I think the win's going to do, do in the world of good. And I'm certainly not going to be, uh, going to be, going to be going in too hard on, on Aaron Ramsdale today. Yeah. I, I thought that, I thought it was, um, I thought there was a lot of nervousness in the system uh, today, obviously a lot riding on this game. And like the, most of our players have never won anything. They've never won anything. They don't have the um, the sort of Arsenal IP of going through these games. Chelsea have done these games over and over again. They've won the Champions League. They're seasoned professionals. It's like Liverpool. It doesn't matter what you throw at Liverpool. They know how to deal with it. They're confident. They're calm. They trust the process. They trust the system. They trust each other. And today, it feels like, you know, playing out the back is a high-risk game. I mean, we, we sat in the stadium together watching Aaron Ramsdale playing out the back against Wolves. Like, it's inches. Um, The difference between a good and a bad pass is literally inches. It did start to get a little bit, you know, there were some really good phases. After we rode out the first 25 minutes, there was some really good phases. But it was like schoolboy errors. Like Ben White just messing up five-year passes. Um, You know, Rob Holding uh, messed up a five-year pass uh, early on. Like, Mo Elneny wasn't quite there. But I'm hoping that... that, that that will that will lead to confidence. The win will lead to confidence. Four two. And I want to and I want to talk about Tavares as well because, you know, he's had a tough ride of it. And today, look, I think he was at fault for their goal. But generally speaking, he had a good game. You know, he was decent and he made some poor decisions and whatever. But when you've got these young players, you have to build a system that protects them. And today it felt like we had a system and other players backing him up because he was up against Reese James, but you saw the way the structure of the team never left him like isolated on one-on-ones. And you sort of have to ask yourself, you know, you know what, what these players are capable of. Why are we not helping our players like that more consistently? You know, he needed it and he benefited from it and he proved that he's a capable understudy, in my opinion. His, his Arsenal career is not over. You know, he's so good at going forward and bring the ball out of transition. And, you know, we need to give him minutes. We need to get minutes in his legs. Because I think 
especially at home, he's a real weapon from left back because he's almost like a left winger. And I think against we, we we should start thinking about using him like that against some of the lesser teams next year. Well, that that is a really really good point as well, Matt. You know about if you are going to blood some of these youngsters, create a system that will mitigate for the inevitable mistakes that some of these might. You know, it, it, it's not rocket science on that front. And I know that. I mean, basically that. You know, the, the the con to that, if you like, would be if we were at our swashbuckling best, you know, if we're having to go free at the back or whatever, are we detracting from our attacking uh, point of view? But we haven't even been attacking well anyway. So if you're going to put someone like Tavares in, he's going to bring something to you offensively. Just provide a bit of cover so we're not getting caught out all the time. And he may well go on to shine. We're not, you know, this is one, as you mentioned earlier, Matt, this is one of the hard, probably the hardest game we had left on paper. And he's more than lived, lived up to it. Yeah, he was at fault for the goal, but he also provided a lot of positive. He, he was a net positive in the game. That he embodies that chaos that we need to, that code that we need to live by uh, to, till the end of the season. We just don't know what we're going to get with him. And if we believe in him and protect him, we, he might just surprise us all positively and, uh, and help us to get over the line. Yeah, because he's got a bit of the Colo Torre about him for me. When Colo came in and was just like a bit of a, could be a bit headless and a bit wild. But ultimately, when you bring people in who have got that amount of power and energy and, and willingness to run with the ball and all of those assets, make it work. You know, make it work. So um, I think that's a... I felt I felt really really happy for him because it's not not an easy place. And let's not forget what Reese James did to us at Highbury earlier on, not at Highbury at the Emirates earlier on in the season. He destroyed us down the right flank. He absolutely ripped us a new one. And today, no, we we, we kept him locked up. And um, I, we talk about defensive frailties, but one thing that actually brought a lot of joy to me: Romelu Lukaku had to go off after sixty minutes because we completely pocketed him. Is it? That's a hundred million pound striker that has been in uh, Benny Blanco's nightmares all season. And he didn't get a sniff. He was awful today. I know that he's been awful all season, but just crazy. Uh, a player that came to Chelsea and everybody thought, that's it. Chelsea are title contenders this year. And he's getting taken off after 60 minutes because he was completely useless. Um, I mean, right, he, let's... He, looks, he looks junk. He looks absolute junk and it's lovely to watch. Um <laughs> But, you know, what are we talking about here? You know, at the end of the day, they've got different options that they're trying. We now have one striker that we're going to ride out to the end of the season. So, you know, we're we're fully in the Enketia camp ourselves. We don't worry about Lukaku. We don't. Um, I tell you what we do worry about, those slides. Beautiful, beautiful slides. I'm going to take that off of your face, Johnny. Um, Let's go through some slides and uh, let's talk about the game. Just from a statistics perspective... I, I rang both of you today and I was I, and I rang a lot of people today and I said, I would love a disgusting win. Like score a deflected free kick, just totally undeserved. Have, like, I, I wanted to be on the phone tomorrow apologising to every Chelsea fan to say, I'm so sorry that my team did that to you. You didn't deserve it. I don't know how I can repay you. May I take your dinner, buy you a drink? We didn't, we didn't need it. We were more than a match for Chelsea. 14 shots um, at Stamford Bridge, four shots on target. Uh, four shots on target, four goals is a very Spurs-like thing to do um, this season. But like, 
we played really well out of possession today. Like I, I don't, I, I didn't feel uh, like the inferior partner today, despite the fact that we had four major first team players missing. What did, uh, did, did you feel the same, or have I just imagined that post game, uh, and I've watched it through the wrong, the wrong lens? No, I mean, I mean, the aspect that I think supports it is what I've said before with regards to Chelsea, and that is, you know, the old styles make fights analogy. We match up well against them. And one of the things, so just to think about the formation that we even played, we were never going to, you know, just be creating, you know, 20 chances, shot 20 shots on goals kind of thing. It wasn't going to happen. We were going to have to break on them, you know, spring on them when they weren't set because they have got good defenders and hurt them with our pace. And Saka, Smith wrote, these are players that they don't have answers for. It's been it's been quite a large, large sample now. Smith Rowe's been, you know, taking their lunch money for, for a few weeks now. You know what I mean? No one's ready for them guys. That's his that's they, his club that he likes playing against. Yeah. That's his debut yeah. club. When he walks into town, it's like Omar from the wire. Like the kids go running, everyone goes indoors. <laughs> it, it's 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 bad news. He comes in with bad intentions and he and he does what he wants. They don't want any Osaka. They tried it as well. You know, and they got and they got handled. And it, you know, just to come back to that point you made about Nuno Tavares and Reese James, who is an excellent player. Granted, he is. What we did in this uh, formation is through having the solidity at the back with the three, but having those wing backs, it meant that all of the joy that Chelsea usually get from their wing backs, they just couldn't go rampaging because Alonso was constantly on Saka. I'm taking Saka every time. He's running. Alonso looked bothered all the way through. And the reason why Reese James couldn't take the piss, not least because he was actually playing the inside um, defender and Azpilicueta was wide in the first half. But also, Nuno Tavares was on him. And because, like, this is the residual benefit, this is the actual benefit of Tavares, because he is so attacking in terms of his outlook, Sometimes, like you know, you'll get a, 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 a fullback like Reese James who's going, "Hold up, this guy's not even trying to defend. He's not even trying to trap me back." So actually, I'm not going to be able to rampage because he is playing like a winger, and he's giving me nightmares going the other way. So I'm just, you know, it it puts doubt in his mind because Tavares kept getting behind him. So, you know, these stats I think do tell the the truth of the oh, was obviously they are, you know, they're legit legitimate um, uh, statistics. But on the same note, they like that that feels like the game that I watched. It was one where we overall had control. And actually, in hindsight, if you take away the complete fear that I guess a lot of Arsenal fans were watching that with, thinking we were gonna get sucker punched, you actually go, No, that wasn't that wasn't, you know, a, a smashing grab. We deserved that win. We were controlled and we were certainly the better team. And just to, uh, I haven't got the statistics up, um, but the, the for the XG, uh, for the XG ultras out there, um, Arsenal weren't, at, like it was uh, Chelsea 0.59 uh, versus Arsenal's 1.87. So the XG plays out. Matt, when you look at these um, statistics after the game, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like we, it doesn't feel to me that I watched a game where Arsenal had these sorts of statistics, but it is quite impressive that one of the most creative teams in the Premier League were reduced to two shots on target. They scored both of them, which isn't good, but it, it, it was a it was a shaky defensive performance, but it was effective, right? Because we had we had the numbers. I thought it was effective and I thought we were brilliant on the counter. And I thought, you know, I think the weirdest thing about it is that we saw the formation and the personnel and it looked like we were gonna go and 
try and shithouse our way to to a result, and we were going for stability for more stability. It was a move of a team with like very low confidence who just needed the extra man at the back so that we don't get pummeled. Ultimately, that's what that's what it normally means when you see us do that. So what was weird is that this like this formation unlocked us offensively. It was it, it was bizarre. I just I just didn't didn't expect to see it. And um and yeah, it was just a, a great counter-attacking performance. I loved seeing like it felt more balanced between Erdegaard and Smith Rowe and 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 all of those. And I feel like um it was it I thought Martinelli was good when he came on, but it, it did feel like a like a balanced a balanced team. So yeah, I mean Chelsea were Chelsea were terrible, I think. It, it was it was an unChelsea like performance as well, uh, for some reason. I think they played they because played we pretty recently. them, Matt, because we out tactic them for God's sake. There's definitely uh, that. I think that I mean the one thing I was terrified of is Chelsea going a goal up against us. Because yeah. I think if they had, it would have been game over. If uh, they well, had like we like had if, a bit it, of a and, fifth gear today though, didn't you think? We had there I, was a fifth gear mm, that we used. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think if they'd gone, if they'd got a go- if they'd got a goal up against us, I think we would have been done. I don't right. think you could have put a fork in us. But let's move on oh, to the money shot. Is, yeah. Let's look. Let's move on to the money shot. If you're listening in on this podcast, uh, we're all like uh, our jaws aghast. There's dribble everywhere. We're looking at the top. We're looking at the table. Arsenal level on points um, with Spurs. Uh, both on 57 points. We've we've played exactly the same amount of games. Um, there's five points between Arsenal and Chelsea and Arsenal and Spurs now. Third, third could be in play. I mean, let's no, not go. Uh, no, 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 all right, too no. far, too far, too far, too far. All right, but like this, um, let's look. So we've got the we've got the table. Arsenal uh, are back in control with regards to top four. If we win all our games, basically, the rest of our games, uh, we've got United at home. Uh, Johnny's going to attend that. We've got West Ham away. Matt Candela, man like Matt Candela is attending that game. And then we finished the final month of May, Leeds, Spurs, Newcastle and Everton. We've got to get to 70 points. We've got to find 13 points out of that batch of games. Uh, what are the chances? Are we are we dreaming? Can we find 13 points? Can we get to 70 this season? I think, Spurs, there... I, think, I think Spurs are dropping points. I really do. Um, that doesn't mean that we're going to get fourth, but I think... Four wins, I can't... four wins, and a and a draw. I think it what... all comes down to these next two, doesn't it? Because if we can turn the corner, like from a form perspective, and get two wins somehow, then I think I think it's we're in pole position. We've got to be beating United, guys. I'm, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I didn't know what was going to happen today. If anything, I was a little unconfident heading into this game. You know, not surprising. We just lost three on the bounce. And also, Chelsea are, even though we usually match up well against them, I just thought Chelsea are just getting back into their, you know, their system of grinding out results. And we're just going to see another disappointing result against the big team. But that was a big one today. And if you're you're asking me whether I feel more confident about that one or United at home, United are shit, mate. They are shit. And they have got... The, the, the times they've got away without a pounding off us, it's so frustrating. I can't stand United. I need us to give them something. You know, 
And at the yeah. end of the day, you know, I, 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 let's just some things are bigger than football, and it's really sad what happened to Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, um, re- really sad for anyone who's dealing Awful. with something like that. Um, but we don't know whether, just from a football perspective, we don't know whether he's going to be back on the weekend. Obviously, it's really traumatic. But if he isn't, United is shit. What, Marcus Rashford again? He's well out of form. You know, they got Paul Pogba came off injured. It's basically Fernandez or nothing. Uh, Sancho and Lingard, they offer some kind of threat. There's no reason why we won't be going on that field thinking we're going to give them something today. And I and hope Johnny. we really do. Johnny, they're all, uh, Ralph Ranić is also talking in the press. Say he's basically saying we're going to sign seven players, seven to ten players. So all those players, they're like, "You're going to sell me." He basically said everybody's up for sale apart from the goalkeeper. That we've got to work on everything. So it's um, like Ralph Ranić basically said, "This is this is over." Like I, I watched the the performance against Liverpool; it was absolutely dreadful. United were dreadful, and I think. Based off this result, who's going to go into that? Who's going to go into that game at the weekend with more energy in their legs, with more confidence? And who isn't going to want to deal with Eddie and Ketia uh, behaving like that? But Martin <laughs> Erdegaard found his form. I, I think. Oh. Like, here's a, here's a question for you at the weekend. Um, Tommy Asu is uh, reportedly going to be back for the weekend. Do you think that we see Bakayo Saka taking up left wing back and Tommy Asu at right wing back, or do you think it is don't broke what uh, don't, don't fix what what ain't broke? Where do you go? I'd go with the same team again, you know. Like, straight up. I think that if we're going to get over the line, it's going to be from finding a new way of doing things and relieving yep. the stress of, uh, of previously being jaded in other formations, other setups, you know, and the players seemingly lost confidence in that. At least with this new one, they're not damaged by it. They're like, I don't know, we're just doing what we're, you know, we're just kind of winging through it. it, it it's new. And that chaos is, is at least gives us an opportunity for something great. So I would just stick with the team. At the end of the day, Man United have no structure in their team anyway. They're just, they are a mess. They have some good players, but they're a mess. So if we can just keep our shit together, we're going to give them nightmares. And, and, and you know, unless De, De Gea has a, one of those games where he just stops everything, which might be, I think you're right. Eddie and Ketia, look, Harry Maguire, mate. That guy is. We're talking about junk. That guy is shit, mate. And Eddie and Ketty will be looking at him going, people have called me League One Eddie, but you're League One Harry, mate. That's the standard. standard. Usually, <laughs> Hackney Marsh is Harry. He's here. Exactly. All, right, All game. Go on, Eddie. Tell him. So I, I, I hope think, we stick with it. I think this idea of giving Tommy 20 minutes that Fishing Gooner 84 and MTARP4 have both said is, get Tommy on for 15 to 20 if we can get a lead. And get him on to shore things up and then play yeah. him at West Ham away from home where you want to be that little bit extra, more solid, where yeah. he can be that extra centre-half and you need him, <laughs> all four of them. Um, so, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's I, I think keep, keep, we've stumbled across something. It's like Coxzola all those years ago where we stumbled across things that were going to say something th- else then. Like, and, when, where you, where you and, when things, and when it works... I mean, we've we've just got to get over the bump in the road now. We've got we've got six games, and the reality is, if we can have it in our hands after Spurs with those final two, I mean, that's that's the goal, right? The great, the great. If we can get through, like Man United is the big one, just because we've consistently performed against them and and come away with nothing most of the time. If you can get over that kind of bogey game, they're a little bit like Southampton for us. If you can get over that game. 
West Ham are in the Europa League semi-final against Leipzig. They're going to, I think it's Leipzig. They're going to fancy themselves. I think the other semi-final or no, West Ham, have, who have West Ham got? Frankfurt. Yeah. Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Yeah. And the other semi-final is Leipzig versus Rangers. West Ham have got a chance to get into the Champions League. And they're going to, like, they don't have a chance to get in the Champions League through the league. And they've only got one fit centre-back. They're not risking their one fit centre-back against Arsenal. Are they really going to put Rice into the midfield and risk him overexerting himself against a young team that can run you ragged? So the West Ham game feels a little bit easier. Um, and yeah, we should be we should be beating a United side that don't give a fuck. They don't like Ralph Ranick. They don't like being asked to run around. Um, and they know that they're probably going to be gone in the summer. But, you know, they, they have it. They're on the phone like Lacazette to, to, to new clubs. So it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, so I love the idea, Pete, though, that there are managers around the Premier League going, we can't risk our one fit centre half against Eddie and Ketia. He'll run the legs off him. He will run the legs off him. He's a rash. He's a pest. I love it. We, <laughs> Eddie, is, it is the years. hottest. He's the hottest fire to test your stealing, you know, and not many people, you won't come out of there with a Harry Maguire coat of arms to tell you that will melt right down. But, but some it. people might think you're being sarcastic. I don't. <laughs> but let me tell you, I think one of the first comments before we even started, the atmosphere on Saturday is going to be, and he said it, thermonuclear. It's yes. going to be thermonuclear after. <laughs> I love that. Um let, let before before we close out uh, because we've been going for fifty five minutes and it looks late where you are, Johnny. Um, some unexpected bangers out there today. Mo El Nenny, what a fantastic performance from him. Martin Erdegaard uh, has created the most chances in the Premier League, I believe, this season, seconded by Kevin De Bruyne. Um, uh, yep. I thought that there was some really really solid performances there. Mo El Nenny was a big concern to people. But you know what he's really good at? Just executing on a very simple brief. And yeah. didn't he execute well? And you know, I knew that the game was going to go our way. I didn't. I thought I might know that the game was going our way, but I didn't feel it. You know, when he flew into a tackle and he cleared yes. it, and he did that against Liverpool when we beat them on the edge of the box. And I was like, that's peak Moel Nenny. That's what he can do. And in the first um, half. Yeah. To come into the side. He hasn't been in the side since, um, since December. Well, against the when he gave the ball away against Man United, but I thought he was fantastic today. I thought Rob Holding grew with the second half, and you know you love having him in a deep block uh, with twenty minutes to go. Uh, can we like, talk about that? Any... Can we talk about that Smith Rowe finish? Oh, oh. No, I mean the no. guy is the guy. Late, late night so, bonus. So it's the first time, bonus. first time that two academy products. From the same team have scored 10 plus Premier League goals since Rooney. Said Rooney and Ronaldo, but Ronaldo wasn't an academy product. But right. anyway, um, both Saka and Smith Rowe hit 10 plus goals. And then I, I, I feel like we have to just talk about Saka. And I know that we, it's Dreamboat. It, it, well, he was our most dangerous offensive player. He is our talisman. He carries the whole team. He was. He's so efficient. He's becoming Mo Salah, in my opinion, in the way that he's Ooh. developing his game. I abs- He was absolutely outstanding. And to see him step up, take the pair, never in any doubt. I mean, we, everything's been said about Saka, but we, we just got to say it all over again. We are, we're blessed to have him. Yeah, if, um, I mean, 
So I was going to say, so, so first of all, the Saka stuff, yeah, you know, I've, I've been saying for a while, I think that in terms of the style of player that Saka could grow into, I'm not saying that he would, it would be a Salah. He's that kind of player, like every time he gets the ball, defenders are terrified. He has that ability to curl it in, which that is what, once he develops that, to be ruthless like Salah, he's going to be a scary man. He's going to be comfortably one of the best players in the league. You know, he's got the potential to be the best. I also think that we can talk about Martin Erdegaard. He got given the armband today and I thought, you know, really stepped up again. I've been so in, it, impressed with his intangibles this year. Just that leadership that just really, really comes through. You can see it on the field and it, it's great. So well done to him. But, you know, just to kind of uh, put the banner, we, you know, we, we talked about Moel Nenny, who I thought was excellent today and showed a difference between him and Lekonga, I thought, even though I think Lekonga's still got a high ceiling, it's just not quite ready to, you know, to go into these big games and just get the job done at times. I feel, I feel dare I say, more confident that El Nenny would, but we also know what we get with El Nenny. But overall, this is what I mean again. By, we get energy. We, yeah, but this is what I mean when I get, when I'm talking about momentum shifts. We just lost three on the bounce, right? Now, Rob Holding sitting in the dressing room going, I don't know what you guys are whinging about. When I play, we win. Moel Nenny go, yeah, my last game, I won as well. You know, I'm, I'm full of confidence. Man United, they're shit. Let me get another win under my belt. You take out certain players who were starting to struggle on confidence and it was like, oh, right, we, we feel like a new team now trying to address new obstacles in new ways rather than the same old formula, same old setup, and we're just you know, going to get pumped periodically until we lose our way. And at the end of the day, let's, again, to double down and tie it all in a big bow, let's choose chaos and hope that Lady Luck shines our way. Oh, that let's choose chaos. Johnny, it's almost like you're a professional writer or something like that. <laughs> um, Matt, any, any unexpected bangers, any shout-outs that you want to give? Do you think, uh, as somebody has just said in the comments, that Martin Erdegaard, has been auditioning like an absolute dream for that captain's armband next season. I thought he was outstanding today, but I just wanted to go back to Saka because I don't actually normally wax lyrical about him, even though we take it for granted. Tell me another Premier, Premier League world-class player who can play right wing back, right back, left wing back, left back, and be the best number 10 and be the best player on the pitch (laughs) and never moan about it and still be he was he had defensive duties today and he was still the most dangerous player offensively on the pitch he was twisting Alonso's blood he it was unreal and the the piece that we don't often talk about is and I think one it was in the comments uh so give credit to that is the, the, his best attribute, despite being one of the most skilled player we have, is his 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 mind. The guy is he, he's he's got such a strength of character; it's unbreakable. How that young to be doing what he's doing, and he never ever ever backs down an inch. I, I feel like I want to cry because he is everything that we want as an Arsenal player, and I I love him. I love him. I- I haven't seen him. You know, I know he's a man, but I haven't seen the way that he reacted to ask Aspilicueta going off at him. And that was like, man, get the fuck away. I, I exactly. love it. It was like composed. And also, 
it, that must be the first penalty that he's taken since the one he missed, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Smashed it in. Sm- yeah. I mean, the che- I reckon the uh, the English Chelsea fans were secretly cheering that one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They are I don't know about fans. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe too far. Maybe I've gone too far. All right. Um, we've done an hour. Um, I want to say a massive thank you. Uh, that was a record-breaking live feed uh, for us. So thank you for listening. Thank you for all of the amazing comments. Thank you for sending the emails. Some people left a five-star review for us. We read those. Thank you very much. If you are watching this right now, um, leave us a nice review. Um, it really helps with our podcast SEO or something. I don't know. It's just It helps with ego, to be honest. When you're having a bad day, you just read through those nice things. Um, and we, uh, because the podcast is doing so well at the moment, people have got in touch about us uh, doing some advertising, which is very special. So thank you to anybody that's listening. Um, we really appreciate your subscription. Um, Johnny, you've been mixing it with fancy celebrities uh, on a writing project this last week. What are you doing now? What's going on? How's the career going? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, up up and down like Arsenal's end of the season, to be honest, Pete. <laughs> no, um, I'm like Eddie and Ketty are just scrapping around for any little comedy gig. Just one's going in off me ass. But um, no, yeah, you know, it's all good. Um, that was a... I don't even know if I'm meant to be talking about it anyway. But yeah, I was working with Matt Lucas last week. Very good. Laguna. Um But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. There's There's some decent things on the horizon, that's for sure. But... As always, if you want to know, follow me on my socials at iJohnnyCochran. I'll keep you all up to date with myself as well as everything Arsenal, quite frankly, because, I mean, what a time to be a gooner right now. We, I think Twitter's going to be blowing up over the next few days. If you're not involved in the conversation, where are you, gooners? Matt Candela. You can find me at, at Matt Candela. I've been um, really digging in on Twitter. So much interesting stuff going on. Lot this week around culture, the Arsenal way, uh, what it all means. But you know, like someone said, the best thing for culture is winning football matches. And tonight, we won a big game. We're back. Yeah. We're back. We are not giving up. Uh, exactly. And I've been fighting with a lot of people on my own websites comments this week. And I say I am taking names, numbers because I've got receipts, my friends. I am coming for you if you're on the Grove. I love you, but it's uh, it's it's payback time after a horrible couple of weeks. Uh, on that note, uh, we will be back after the Manchester United game. Uh, Johnny will hopefully uh, dial in. If not, we'll probably catch him in a second uh, podcast where we'll do a bit of a preview for the West Ham game. Um, and if you're listening, uh, have a great time. We'll speak to you soon. Ciao for now. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.